Football is back, baby, and so are we on this Sunday night edition of the Lockdown Corner Podcast. Welcome in. I am your host, as always, Alex Brault, a.k.a. at AJ Brault. And as with me today, as always, my trusty sidekick, Dustin Burgundy, coming fresh off his first game of the college football season. Didn't go how I think either of us had thought. Uh, If you watched it live, obviously you saw things kind of... From the jump, went awry and couldn't get the magic back. But we're past that. It is week one of the NFL season. We are literally from taping. It is 7 o'clock on Sunday, September 4th. We are one week away from Sunday Night Football. Dallas and Tampa, that should be fun. We are probably to the point now where in seven days exactly, Packers-Vikings is all wrapped up, so we know the game or week one winner. All kinds of fun stuff. We will get into the schedule when we get started here. Today's outline, if you want to call it that, we are going to go over the schedule. We're going to touch on a couple cuts from this past week, and we'll get into all that in a little bit. But first, make sure you follow us on all of these socials. New this week. Last week was activated. We're now on Instagram, folks. You can follow us on Instagram at LockdownCornerPod. That is at LockdownCornerPod. And obviously, you'll see these graphics pop up as we go through the show here. But very excited about that. we got a couple posts up there now. Make sure to check that out. Real good stuff coming. And especially now that I understand how to work 21st century technology and dabbling, just a dabble in TikTok. So a lot of fun stuff going to be on the Instagram page. But obviously, if that's new, that's cool. If you don't have Instagram, no worries. I'm sure you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to both of our pages there. But enough of the chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Let's get after it. I clicked the wrong button. And let's get into this week's news and notes from the week. This is going to be a very short news and notes segment. We don't have a ton, plus we have a lot to get to. Uh, Some cuts this week. Uh... For the Packers, there were a couple, but the thing is, is they're all back on the practice squad. So, Dustin, what were the cuts that stood out to you? For me, it was kind of, I thought it went about as planned. Uh, the yeah. only one that surprised me a little bit was uh, Micah Abernathy. I thought he showed enough to be a special teams guy. Brought him back on the practice squad, so I'm sure at some point, especially with the safety depth being a little shallow, I'm sure he'll be on the active roster at some point. But, Dustin... What say you about the first, or I guess the last round of cuts? Yeah, so the three that surprised me were, I think the biggest one was Tyler Goodson. I think uh, he yep. was a quality back, especially in the preseason. He showed a lot of flashes, especially running down, you know, down in space, making moves. I thought he looked really good. So I was surprised to see him let him go. You know, it's hard to find a quality back like that, especially like third string. 
So I thought, you know, he, he had good speed too. So I thought, you know, maybe they keep him on for like a kick returner possibility or something along those lines. But uh, like you said, he's back in the practice squad. And then Juwan Winfrey, which like he wasn't a shock because like I kind of saw that one coming a little bit, like because it was going to be him or Torre. And I figured since Torre's younger, they were going to kind of keep him. But I figured Winfrey was going to be resigned to the practice squad, and he was. And Danny Etling, seeing he had a pretty good preseason, and it doesn't kill to have a third string, but at the same time, that's another guy using the roster, so not surprising at the same time. Yeah, and they kept 10 offensive linemen, which, look, I don't know what – neither of us at this point know the Bakhtiari situation. Elton Jenkins looks like he's going to play sooner than later, but maybe not week one. They're studs on the offensive line, or their top two, Jenkins and Bakhtiari. <laughs> You know, some flimsy medical stuff going on there. Makes sense to keep the extra offensive lineman. I get that. I honestly was surprised. I thought Torre would have been cut and been a practice squad guy. Obviously, at this point, that receiver room, I'm going to say loaded, but it's just because there's a lot of dudes in there. I don't think they're necessarily loaded with talent, at least not yet, or we haven't seen it yet. Um yeah, and as far as cuts around the league, there wasn't a ton. Uh, Sean points out Blake Martinez. That one didn't catch me by surprise, but I guess if you're the Giants, Giants going to Giant. I mean, with them, nothing surprises me at this point. I was going to say nothing surprised me with the Giants anymore. I'm really not no. surprised. Uh, the the one that I was actually like, oh, they let him go? It was um, Tony Jefferson, safety for the Ravens. That one I was a little surprised on, and I'm surprised the Packers didn't jump on that. For special teams and safety depth, because right now safety depth, I would think, is a question mark. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, there wasn't any huge surprises this year. Yeah. One one of the ones I thought of the top of my mind was Sony Michelle for the Dolphins. He got cut. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not, like, super shocking because, like, I kind of figured one of those running back was going to go. But I thought probably it was going to be Raheem Mostert since he's just so injury prone. But granted – if he's healthy, he is good, but I, th- I was surprised about that a little bit. I thought Sony Michelle showed good flashes. Um, I'm not surprised, and I think we've seen the best of Sony Michelle. Uh, I don't know yeah. that he's got really anything left. Plus, with the Dolphins, they have Gaskin. They have Chase Edmonds. They have Mostert. Uh, there's another guy I'm forgetting. Mostert, Gaskin, and Edmund, so maybe I got them all. Anyway, you get the point. Like they have some guys there, so a guy who really doesn't have it anymore. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Sean points out another cut. Alex Leatherwood. I, that one didn't <laughs> shock me. It's just at this point, the the Gruden Mayock draft combo. Woof! Mm. You can't kill him completely because they ended up getting Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro, two very solid NFL players. Um. But Clellan Farrell went at four in that one draft. I think that was the first year you and I did this in the draft show that will never see the light of day. And I remember at the time we all looked at each other like, what is going on here? Uh, Leatherwood just got cut. He's now a bear. I just. I, I remember one of the preseason games and they were they were talking about Leatherwood. They're like, and, and Leatherwood there. And they're kind of like paused. They're like, yeah, n- not, not good. Oof, <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just not bad. good. And you know it's bad if the Bears pick up offensive linemen. They're really just seeing what sticks. They're throwing anything at the wall, seeing what sticks, because their offensive line is pretty weak. And, hey, this is what I'll say. If you're a Packer fan, thank your lucky stars every day that the one position group Green Bay has never had to worry about is the offensive line. They produce offensive linemen like they grow on trees around here. It is 
one of the craziest things. Much like the Steelers always get receivers, you can always rely on the Packers getting offensive linemen. It is wild. They find these guys in the 10th round, or not the 10th, that doesn't exist, but undrafted guys, Caleb Jones, uh, Rashid Walker out of Penn State, just all these guys are just, it's, it's astonishing. And really, as long as you have a good offensive line, that's a really solid foundation. So whatever you think of the future, you always know they're going to have a decent offensive line. So thank your lucky stars. Uh, Dustin, you want to get into some schedule talk? I think sure. it's about time. I think we Let's hit on it. most of the news we wanted to. All right. So we did this last year. A little prediction show. Um, so we're going to do this. We're going to go down the Packers schedule. And then after we do that, we're going to do some divisional odds. Not Lockdown Gambling Show is coming back this week. I was going to announce at the end, but I don't want to step on anything there. But we are going to do some division odds uh, on this show. And then, obviously, we're going to do our normal stuff for the gambling show. But let's start with the Packers. They are week one at Minnesota. Going to be a tough game, 3 o'clock or 3.25 on Sunday. Packers right now, as of well, as of noon today, there were two-point favorites making the Minnesota Vikings home underdogs. <coughs> a really tough, I know, all right? You'll, just a little taste of what you'll see on the Lockdown Gambling Show this year. we got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, but anyway, home dogs, Minnesota. It's going to be a tough environment. Dustin, you think they come out of Minnesota week one with this one? Absolutely, I do. If there's one thing I've learned from the past is never trust Minnesota in a home opener. True. Um, You know what? This is one of my losses. Really? I uh, yeah, and I'm keeping track of this so we can go through this at the end. So if you see me right now, the only here's the deal: Minnesota has a really good home field advantage now. They're a really deep team. They have guys at all the positions. If they're not, I wouldn't say they have any "quote unquote" really weak spots. Even their weaker spots still have dudes that can play. So home field advantage, solid. Got the home underdog, a little nobody believes in us. I think this is with the new coach. I think the offense, that offense for Minnesota scares me a lot. KJ Osborne coming on. Thielen, there's a lot of buzz on Thielen. So, and obviously Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, those guys are established. As long as Kirk doesn't poop the bed, I I kind of like Minnesota, at, at least to cover. And Sean pointing out the defense is suspect. Fair. Fair criticism. Suspect. I don't think they're terrible. And here's the other thing that scares me. Do y'all remember about a year ago today, Packers played the Saints at a neutral field and totally looked lost? Wasn't indicative of their season, but after a bye week, the Packers as a whole typically play worse. So for that reason, I like the Vikings to cover. I would like that number better if it was three. And actually, there was some action on Minnesota because when I just looked an hour ago on one of my other gambling apps, it's now only one point in Green Bay's favor. So that line's going to shift a little bit this week. But if that number's three, absolutely. Give me Minnesota. I I really think this could be their first loss of the year. And I don't think it'll be indicative of their season as we roll on here to week two. Bears come into Lambeau on Sunday night, on Sunday, September 18th. Bears at home. Easy one for me. Give us a dub. First dub of the year. One and one going into week three. What do you have here? You're actually going to this game. Mm-hmm. 
I will be there with our lovely friend Alec as well. We will be there together. Yeah, but uh, I'd have to agree with you. I see a win here. I don't really see much of arguments. I mean, there's not much to say other than it's the Bears. I'm sorry, Sean, but uh, I don't really trust them this year. And he says, not good. Well, I, it depends on Justin Fields. I mean, do you <laughs> oh, believe? dear God. No, honestly. Dear God. No, no, no. I'm not. I don't want to have the. I don't want to have the conversation again. But if they have, if the Bears have any shot of being, I don't know, a six-win team this year, it's going to be because their quarterback is showing flashes. And I have an official announcement. Um, as of now, the for sale sign on Justin Fields Island. Uh, there, I have some beachfront property there that uh, I think there's a for sale sign in the front yard. I just. He had a good last preseason game, give me a glimmer of hope, but the more I sit with it, oof. and I don't think it's his fault. I really don't. I think it's a Bears thing, much like it's a Jets thing, because Zach Wilson, is he that bad? Eh, that one actually maybe. I, I don't know, but the Jets certainly aren't going to help him. Bears got too much going on. They're moving stadiums. I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a terrible year for the Bears. I'm sorry, Bears fans. And, yeah, I think I'm selling my property on Fields Island. That's my official announcement. And let's move to week three. <laughs> so they are at Tampa. This is going to be a tough one, too. At Tampa, uh, the 25th of September at 325. This one? Oh, man. I'm going to put a loss here. Rodgers does not play well in Florida. That's been well documented. Obviously, that's why the Saints chose to play there with all their weather stuff going on last year. So I do think it'll be a close game. But this, they just have weird Brady issues that they apparently can't solve. So this one, it's in pencil. I'm going to put that one in pencil because you could talk me out of that. But I'm going to have this one as a loss. What do you think, Dustin? Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I really want to. I really want to say loss, but at the same time, I I kind of feel them slipping this game out. I don't, I'm really on the fence because I was sitting on this one too. I know I said something to you before the show. I just I don't know because like with the, everything that's going on with Brady right now and yeah, Tam I would agree with you. Tampa Gronk I think is a big loss. I just don't know how Tampa's going to end up this year. That's why it's hard to kind of tell. Yeah, because they did lose Gronk. I, to me, that's a big loss. So you know how do they look this year? Because like we don't know how we look, but they're really uncertain, especially with Brady getting really up in the age. You know him kind of retiring and coming back. It's like how really in and is he? Uh this is tough. I think I'm gonna give the Packers a win on this one, though. I was teetering towards a loss, but I think I'm on the. I think I'm on the win. I think they win this game. And it wouldn't shock me if they do. You can convince me that they end up pulling this game out. But at, looking at it today, there's just there's a lot of history of the this Packers group or a lot of these guys in Florida. They don't play well. It's going to be early in the season, so it's still going to be really hot and really humid. I just there's just a lot of things I don't like about this game. So for that reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean loss, but I mean, if they come out like and look really really good week one, week two, then it's an easy decision. But yeah, I guess we don't really know what we're getting out of Tampa either, because the whole Brady thing is weird too. He just took 11 days off in the middle. He's the greatest to ever do it. Don't get me wrong, but um, it it just strikes me as odd that he just left for 11 days in the middle of camp. Granted, he's been through enough camps, but doesn't need it. But I don't know, just. Something smells there. They don't really pass the sniff test down in Tampa. 
Yeah, and it's just weird how like nothing was disclosed about it. Either. Like it was really like hush hush, and they just kind of didn't talk about it. Which makes me think there must be like some family stuff going on. I, I don't know because yeah, I, I kept hearing divorce. That's what I kept hearing. But how true Which, is that? I don't know. Well, and that I can see how someone would connect dots that way. His wife has been trying to get him to get him to quit for the last ten years, and he's won four Super Bowls since then. So, I mean, he's had a whole other Hall of Fame career since she told him to hang it up the first time. So, I just, it makes sense. Uh, the Mass Singer thing, I don't really buy that at all. But, I mean, who knows, maybe. So, I, I don't know. But then, so they go to Tampa, and then they go to Brady's former team. Well, they don't go to him. They come back home and play the New England Patriots. That is also a 325 game on October 2nd. This one I have is a W. Everything I've heard on the New England Patriots has been terrible. Matt Patricia is their offensive coordinator, which – and actually, he's not even the offensive coordinator. He's a co-offensive coordinator. That's not going to go well. Uh, as much as I believe in Mac Jones, I just think it's going to be a disaster. So give me a win at home against New England. I'm right with you. I got really nothing else to add on that one. Yeah, I I have not heard one good thing yet from Patriots camp. Uh, ooh, this is going to be a fun one. Week five, a quote-unquote home game. Green Bay heads across the pond to England, Gavna, and plays the New York football giants at 8.30 a.m. Central. Uh, dub. I know it's a neutral field, but I, I think the Giants will be a touch better. Uh, but even a touch better for them is still not great. So pretty easy. Give me the G-men. Or, I'm sorry, give me a win against the G-men is what I mean. I was like, like, Hello? Yeah, no, 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 no. That that's on me. I apologize to everybody. I'll hit myself with the sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, that was my bad. No, they win against the Giants. If they lose, then we're gonna we got big issues. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's the Giants, so Packers all day. Yep. Uh, we can cruise through this one. Week six, they're at. They come home and play the Jets at noon. Jets are gonna jet. Give yeah. Me- Give me the Packers. Easy easy dub. <clears throat> and you didn't even elaborate. So fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think I need to. I think you nope. Jets is gonna jet. That's all I gotta say. And you might not have to elaborate with this one either. Uh then week seven, they go to Washington. That's also a noon game. Um I guess we don't know what Carson Wentz we're getting. Is Antonio Gibson gonna be any sort of good? He hasn't really been lately. Or his first two seasons, anyway. The defense was supposed to be so great last year. Well, they lost Chase Young for the first four weeks. It just there's a lot more question marks with Washington, the commies of Washington, I should say. So this one, I'm going to chalk up as a dub as well. You're going to hate me for saying this, but I think this is a trap game. I no, think this I'm... is our trap game for the year. I really do. No, it's a look ahead spot because week eight they play Buffalo, and we'll get there in a second. No. It took me a minute. I said dub only because there's question marks, but I get it. I totally get it. And and with the whole Brian Robinson thing, he will potentially be back at this time because this is probably like week five, right? This is that's week five or week six. Uh, so this the Washington game is week seven. Oh, week seven. Okay, over that for already. Yeah, so he'll be back for sure by then. So my question is, even if Gibson isn't good anymore, Robinson will probably be back full steam. You know, who if he comes back and runs all over this defense, we know how that goes with running backs who just run right down our throat. Yep. 
it ends up bad. And I think I feel this is a trap game as much as I don't want it to be. I feel like it is, and I feel like they lose this game. No, and you could totally talk me into that they lose this game. Um, I guess my weird loss, I gave them week one. Well, yeah, against Minnesota, so I'm going to stick with that. But, no, I totally get it. I, You could totally tell me that's a letdown look-ahead spot. Absolutely. I'm totally with it. Um, and the reason it would be a look-ahead spot is because week eight, they are at Buffalo Sunday night football on Sunday, October 30th. Shout out to my girlfriend. That is our three-year anniversary, so shouts to her. I know she's. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, no, but I hope she doesn't want to do anything because I will be watching this game for <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah, seven twenty Buffalo. Give me a loss here. I think it's just going to be a shootout. I unless Green Bay's defense shows out, I just don't know that we have enough offense to match. So for that reason, I'm going to put this one as their third loss of the year. Yeah, I, I mean Buffalo's just too good. I think they got too much to offer, and we can't counter it. So I think they take this one. Yep. Uh, rolling on week nine, they go to Detroit for noon. That is November sixth at Detroit. Uh, Detroit's kind of been a house of horrors for Green Bay. It seems the last I don't know five or so years. Um, I do think this is a get right spot for them, especially coming off a loss to Buffalo, as we both predict. So I think it'll probably be closer than people think. But and I think Detroit's going to be kind of feisty this year. But give me a win here. Yeah, I'll go with win here, but in pencil, because you could talk me out of it. Yeah, I'll, I agree. I think win there. I think it is a very close game. I, I do like – I've been watching the Hard Knocks. I don't know anybody else has been watching the Hard Knocks with Detroit. and I, I do like Detroit. I think they're a feisty team. I think they're going to stick with every game. And I think, honestly, like last year with them, if you're going to bet on them, I would not bet against Detroit. I would bet for them because they're going to oh, cover a lot. Dan Campbell's coming for your kneecaps. We all know <laughs> this. Yeah, no, I. you can talk me out of it, for sure. Uh, let's roll on. So then next week, it should be a fun game. Homecoming for Mike McCarthy. Dallas rolls into town on November 13th. It is a 325 game. At home, Dallas doesn't seem to play Green Bay very well. I think this could be a McCarthy overthink job. I think Green Bay takes care of business. I don't – the Dallas thing, I don't know that they have a lot of weaponry left. They have CeeDee Lamb and whatever's left of Zeke. I think Zeke has a good year this year, at least for fantasy purposes. We talked about that last week. Um, I don't know that Dallas is going to play well. Now it's going to start getting cold. Uh, So give me uh, the Packers here to win at home against Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I like the Packers in this one. Uh, Obviously, Dallas just never comes into town and plays well. So I think that alone will kind of say it. I think Packers win. I, I think it's a close game. I really do. But I think Packers win. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Then we roll on Thursday night at home against Tennessee. I don't like Tennessee at all this year. I think they got rid of a lot of weapons. So for that reason, at home, short week, no place to be. No place you'd rather be on a short week than at home. So give me Green Bay here to beat the Titans. Yeah, I think I'm going to go win too. I think they got rid of a lot, and I just don't like Tannehill. I Honestly, I think that's one of the season. I think there's a good chance that Malik Willis – will end up being the starter at this point in the season for him. But that's just a hot take for me. That's a no, hot take. That's that a, hot, a take. hot take. I vehemently disagree. I. Uh, that's okay. Hey, I we don't have to. It's a hot Willis, take. That's why it's a hot take. It, it's a take, man, because let me tell you, uh, he looked like he just won. 
any excuse I have to work that in. I'm so happy that I found this little DMX thing. Uh, no, he looked terrible. I thought in preseason he had he could run really well, cool, but I just I didn't see enough from him to make me go, oh, Malik Willis. Oh, like and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill makes me go, ooh, Ryan Tannehill. No, you know what Ryan Tannehill is? Ryan Tannehill is Alex Smith. He's just a clone. He'll run a little bit. He'll hand the ball off. That's kind oh, of dis- that's on. kind are of disrespectful. Team, or team Alex that's, Smith. I'm Team Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is days better than Ryan Tannehill. Honest to God, maybe I can look up their stats here if you can stall for a minute. I feel like they're the same exact guy. I don't feel like they are though. All right, stat look. Okay, All give right. me a case for Alex Smith while I look up their stats. A case for Alex Smith. Yep. I mean, do I have to make a case? Like, I guess just look up the stats. Well, I'm trying. I was trying to get you to stall. Thanks for being a good teammate. <laughs> no problem, man. <laughs> if you're going to put me in a spot, I'm going to put it right back. <laughs> All right. So, for his career, let's right. see. Let's his see. career averages. So, you're looking. Oh, wait. This is not. So, this is total. I just want. Okay. Well, we're doing this live, folks. This is the danger about doing it live. I did not expect to get into an Alex Smith debate <laughs> tonight. So, all right. Well, his career numbers, he played, let's see. Oh, boy, I can't do math. So, he played from 2005 to 2020, so 15 years, but it looks like he had two years missed due to injury. So, he played really played 13 years. And his career stats, or I'll give his career record, 99 and 67. Okay. Oh, yeah, a little better. Winning quarterback. So Ryan Tannehill, 2012 to today, 72 and 59. So I feel like those are really similar records. I feel like they're the same guy. Uh, Passing yards, it looks like Alex Smith currently has the lead, but obviously at this point he's played more seasons. Touchdowns, I believe Alex Smith had the edge. Actually, no, right now their touchdown passes are the exact same at 199 each. And interceptions, uh, Alex Smith has 109, Tannehill has 102. So, again, my point, they're basically the same guy. And, I look, I know that was a very weak – maybe next week we can get into more detail because I was doing that on the fly. But I don't know, man. I, I mean, my biggest thing, too, is if you look who was around them at the time, like Tannehill has Derrick Henry. All he has to do is literally give it to him. 30 times a game and they can win. Alex Smith didn't have that. Alex Smith had Frank Gore. Okay. <laughs> Look, Frank Gore, I mean, be what it I may. Mean, this the this is my version. thing. Like, yes, Frank Gore is, was good. I'll give him he's that. A Hall of he was, he's not Derrick Henry, though. That's the thing. He's no, not Derrick Henry. That's my Derrick. point. Again, you could give it to Derrick Henry 30 times a game, you can win a game. Like, Ryan Tino doesn't have to do anything to win that game. Alex Smith had to do something to win the game. Okay. So let me just ask you straight out. Do you think that this Titans team, we've spent way too much time on the Titans in this episode. Uh, do you think <laughs> if you just dropped Alex Smith into the Titan, and you just swapped him out for Ryan Tannehill, that team's going to go about the same as what they were regardless. Slightly better. See, I just... I don't. I don't think so. I think they're the exact same. I don't think there's any difference whatsoever. And 
honestly, Alex Smith, you can make argument, had better weapons throughout his whole career. He had Travis Kelsey, a young Travis Kelsey. He had Vernon Davis. He had Frank Gore, Hall of Famer. He had uh, – did he have Tyreek Hill? I think he had Tyreek Hill. Yes, he did. So he had Tyreek Hill. What's Tannehill had? Preston Wilson. I mean, A.J. Brown for a year. Julio for two games. I mean, Adam Humphreys. You could make an argument that uh, Alex Smith, a little overrated. I'm kind of liking my boy Tannehill here. Working hey, Tannehill had, had Jay Ajayi when he was good, okay? Oh, you are you know what? Argument <laughs> over. It's over, Jay Ajayi, deal breaker. <laughs> no, yeah, no shot. Okay, we got to move on. We're only on week 11. Uh, week 12, ooh, forgot about this game. Week 12, they go to Philadelphia. It's Sunday night football on November the 27th, so that is Thanksgiving weekend. I think this game's going to be really tough. I think the Eagles are – they're not really sleepery anymore because everyone and their brothers talking about Philly. But Sunday night on the road, I think that's a tough spot. Now, they do have the benefit of a mini bye week because they play Thursday night. But I'm going to go with a loss here. I don't like saying that, but I just think that game's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be a close game. And close game on the road, Sunday night, Philadelphia, in the cold. Yeah, I'm going to say loss there. Hmm. I don't don't hate it, but... uh... I just don't – I don't trust Philly's offense. I don't think they're as explosive as people keep saying. I don't think they're all that. Their old line's kind of getting really old, kind of beat up. Like, I just I – don't, I don't. the question to me is if they can stay healthy. If they all can stay healthy, yeah. they got a good team. Sure, I'll, I, I'll give you that. But the problem yeah. is if – if it's always a big if they stay healthy. And at this point in the season, I doubt everybody's healthy. So I'm going to give Green Bay a win on this one because I just – I doubt they stay healthy. They just—it's been proven time and time again that they can't. Yes, and I guess I—we're playing this game maybe a different way because I'm assuming that everyone's going to be healthy throughout the entire kit and caboodle here. Um, but yes, if healthy, I think that's Philadelphia's going to give them a game. If they're a little banged up, then yeah, I, I don't think—not that Philly's a house of cards because they have some pieces now where they're a little deeper than they were last year, but. You know, if all of a sudden you say, oh, Jalen Hurts is out and Gardner Minshew is now their quarterback, okay, and yeah. So it's a loss, but, like, if it was a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being an absolute, like, it's definitely a loss, and 1 being an absolute win, I'm probably at, like, a 6 or a 7. Like, I'm leaning towards loss, but it wouldn't take much to sway me back. Uh, Then next week, week 13, at Chicago, that looks like a noon game. So at the Bears... He owns them. Dub. Easy money. Keep it rolling. This is also a podcast, so it is better if you talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, Rodgers owns the Bears. Bears aren't very good this year. They're kind of a shipwreck. And I would imagine at this point in the season, again, they're banged up with the little they have. And if they have to go in the depth at all, they're really going to struggle. And on top of it, say if Justin Fields isn't having a good year, then kind of team morale is down. Yep. It's all kind of just a shit show that all kind of unravels at that point. Team morale at this point seems like it's down, and we're not even – we didn't that's, even start yet. Yeah, that's why, like, I just – and who knows? Did Roquan Smith even get all that figured out with the team yet? I don't I – don't, 
I didn't hear anything about that. Uh, last I remember, off the top of my head, I believe he was practicing again. I don't know that as a absolute fact, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, I believe he was practicing. He wasn't thrilled about it, but I believe he's playing. But an unhappy linebacker, I mean, I don't know that that's going to make much of a difference in their overall season. They have zero weapons. They have Darnell Mooney. Cool. Cole Komet, fantasy sleeper. Well, that's because there's no other tight ends. I You could have made an argument for, like, Noah Fant or something. If so, you know what I mean? Like, if people are like, oh, Cole Komet. I kind of like Cole Komet. Well... You could say, oh, Noah Fan for Seattle. Oh, I mean, okay, <coughs> great. So, yeah, they have zero weapons. At this point, they might kind of be broken. So, yeah, easy money. Uh, then week 14 is a bye. So then after the bye, Monday night football at home against the Rams. I'll keep this one short. Stafford never plays well at Lambeau. McVay hasn't seemed to figure out Lambeau. I just, for that reason alone, home off a of bye – Talented team in the Rams, sure, but they have Super Bowl hangover written all over them. I actually put a bet in today for Thursday because they Thursday night football this week, the first game is Bills at Rams. Rams were a bit of a home dog. <coughs> they were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. So I took, I took the Rams. I think it's going to be a shootout. Maybe Buffalo wins it, but I don't know, home dog. Super Bowl, first game after the Super Bowl, or something kind of sexy about that. But I think this team's got Super Bowl hangover written all over them. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with kind of what she said there. I think they do definitely have a Super Bowl hangover possibly coming for them. And I just, I don't know how I feel with that team with Stafford and his elbow and everything. And I know, like, all the Rams fans are defending, like, you know, they showed one video of him throwing a deep ball. It's like, okay, that's one deep ball. Like, how does he feel after like 40 of those? Like, I'm sure he probably doesn't feel good anymore. It's like that's a genuine concern is his elbow. It's considering like his arm angle that probably does affect him. And who knows what he's got going on? That's a big concern, especially in the cold at this point. Like it could have a real effect on him throwing the ball. So yeah, I'm gonna go Green Bay. So it's actually funny you mentioned that. So today, uh, Sean McVay came out said quarterback will be ready to go for Week One after offseason concerns with no limitations. So they apparently feel pretty pretty comfortable with where he's at. So we'll see. But anyway, then we roll on to Christmas Day. It's at noon in Miami. So this, look, the Packers lose one stupid game that they shouldn't every year. I'm going to take this one as that one uh, and make, they just poop on everybody's Christmas here. Again, it's in Florida. I think the Dolphins are going to be massively improved. I, I don't know necessarily how much to believe in Tua. I would like to believe in him. I've always kind of admired him and his playing style. I was not that I ever root for Alabama football, but I was kind of rooting for him individually to do good. Um, but anyway, long story short, I think they lose this game in a really dumb fashion. Christmas Day in a hot environment. I just, something just stinks about that game. So for that reason, and maybe it's just all the cocaine in Miami, I don't really know. But something smells fishy. And for that reason, I'm going to say this is a, a really dumb loss on Christmas Day. Yeah, it pains me to say it, but I think I'm going to have to agree there again with you. Not just to agree, but I genuinely think that. You know, it's just, like you said, they got that one game. I had Washington the game. I thought that was, that's a trap game. That's not just like a stupid loss. But they have like, they have a trap game and they have a stupid loss every year. Yep. And when I haven't had my stupid loss every year, and I can definitely see this being the game as Christmas. Yep. A lot of distractions, a lot of other stuff going on. 
They could easily come to this game not ready, thinking, you know, they're going to walk over Miami, thinking they're not a good team, and they can easily get beat. Yeah, and that that's where I'm at with that one, too. Uh, then week 17, it is New Year's Day against Minnesota at home. 325 kickoff for that one. Uh, I have the, I, I'm going to have them split. I'm going to take the Packers in this one, I think, at home against a uh, dome team and Kirk Cousins on the road at Lambeau. Don't like that combination at all. So for that reason, give me the dub against Minnesota here in week 17. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I'm very old. Getting getting sleepy here. Problematic. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyways, continuing. Yeah, I think I, I think Vikings coming to Lambeau in the cold. Obviously, they're a dome team. I think they take the win on this one. I, I, it's, it's close. I do kind of want to get the Vikings at the edge because, honestly, they have came to Lambeau and played pretty well in the past couple of years. It's been pretty close games, but I think they pull this one out just narrowly. I think it'll be a good game, but I think Packers take it. Yeah, I agree. They can make this game cool, uh, but typically if Minnesota plays well here, it's typically September, October. I can't remember a lot of scenarios where they came here in like November, December and totally balled out. So that also puts my mind at ease. And finally, there's no time set for this game yet, but week 18, they played Detroit at home. I think... They got this one. Detroit historically has not played well at Lambeau. Jared Goff at Lambeau in the freezing cold. No worries. I They cruise. And But I say this assuming they need this game. Because if they don't need this game, then you can convince me that this is just a throwaway. Jordan Love plays in the cold and then things get kind of messy, blah, blah, blah. So assuming they need this game, which I, I'm i going to give them a win here, bringing the, what I think their record will be to be 12-5. and five. So I'm going to give them the win. I'm going to give them 12 and five, assuming they need this last game against Detroit. So I'm going to have to disagree. With you. I think I think Lions win this game. I just think hmm. I think I think I have them at 13 and four if they lose this game. Correct? Yes. So if yeah. I did my math right, yeah. Because I originally I just assumed that you had a win for that one, so I put you in as a win. So yes, 13 and four is your predicted record yeah i just think they could 13 and 4 could possibly take the north or the nfc excuse me could possibly take the nfc so i think they may not play this game depending obviously on what's happening even if they do play this game i i still think there's a chance that detroit come out on the top of this one i think you know obviously history's term to repeat itself and the lines could easily take this one i can easily say it oh and sure I think the Lions are going to be way friskier than people think. But, um, yeah, no. So, as you can see below, if you're watching on our stream on YouTube or Facebook, uh, yeah, so I got them at 12-5, and five, Dustin, at 13-4, and four, so not a huge difference there. Um, I I do think this week one game against Minnesota is going to be kind of funky. So, for that reason, I, I just, there's something about it where I really think – that the Vikings win week one. If they don't, then I'll probably be aligned with you at 13-4. and four, But I just think it's going to be a weird – I don't know. There's something about that game that gives me the heebie-jeebies. So. But yeah, that will do it for this year's edition of Prediction, at least for this. But now we are going – I'm going to put this up in the big screen here. So I'm going to share my screen so you all can see it at home as well. So we're going to go through here – Division by division and just kind of touch on some stuff. So AFC East, let's start there because it's the first one up here. So 
I guess we can look at all of these, but they're all genuine or generally the same, at least from first glance. Um, so I'll look at the DraftKings one. So AFC East division standings. Uh, right now, the Bills are minus 240 to win the division, followed by the Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Uh, I don't have any qualms about that at all. Dustin, are you cool with that? No, I think Bills all the way. I don't I don't see any of those other teams taking that at all. I just don't see it. Oh, even if Miami has a good season, I don't know that they're going to be able to match what Buffalo is going to be able to do. So I think Buffalo might get the one seed in the AFC this year. I don't think that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's actually spot-on accurate. I think the Jets are going to be terrible. Patriots, I think, are going to have a down year. And then Dolphins, while improved, I just don't think they're going to leapfrog Buffalo. So we will roll on here to the AFC North. Uh, it looks like all of them have the same kind of alignment here. Ravens are plus 140, followed by the Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. Um, I guess the only th- – well, I was going to say – I, the only one I would maybe flip would be Steelers and Browns, but then I'm trusting Mitch Trubisky, and I don't really want to do that. So I'm actually okay with how things line up here. You could talk me into the Bengals, though. If I were betting on this, and I'm not, you could talk me into the Bengals. That's a decent value, 170. I, I do think the Bengals are going to be better. I I get some vibes, I'm trying to think, like 2009 Packers almost. Like it – it felt like the Bengals got to the Super Bowl a year earlier than they should have last year. They have a lot of cohesion on that team. I think the Ravens have a lot of question marks between their receivers, their running back depth. I do think they're going to be better than people think, but I just, I kind of like the Bengals here. Yeah, I'm gonna. I was just about to say I, I would take the Bengals over the Ravens. I would definitely flip those. I could see how people think the Ravens will take this division. But with Lamar being unhappy with the contract situation, I feel like that easily can kind of loom over to the season and kind of affect everybody else, affect morale. I just kind of don't like that whole situation going on in Baltimore right now. So I have yeah. to go with the Bengals thing. Everyone is kind of happy there right now. Everyone's good, kind of at peace. So that's what I can see being a problem down the road. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. So, so, so far, we both have Bills winning the AFC East. We both have the AFC North going to the Bengals. Oh, boy. Everyone's least mm. favorite division, the AFC South, is next up. Uh, so, the Colts are pretty heavy favorites right now at minus 130 to win the South, followed by the Titans at plus 175, Jags at plus 750, and the Texans at plus 3,000. Um, yeah, no questions for me there. Um, maybe... You could, I can see a world where Jacksonville leaps frogs Tennessee and Tennessee has the season from hell. Um, but for right now, I kind of like how that looks. I will take the Colts here, I think, to win the South. I'm gonna have to agree. I like the signing of Matt, Matt Ryan or the trade for Matt yep. Ryan, excuse me. I really do like that. I think he'll be a great addition to their offense. And I think their offense is gonna start kind of booming now where they can kind of do everything. So I'll take the Colts. Yeah, I think everything else, I don't see the Jags bumping over the Titans as much as I don't like Rantan Hill. I just don't see that happening. I don't think the Jags have it in them this year. And you could be right. I'm just saying my point was there's a world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tennessee, Derrick Henry gets hurt again. They have no other weapons. I mean, the receivers, Traylon Burks was kind of a hot mess in preseason. I think eventually he'll figure it out. But for right now, he looked like a disaster. So lack of weapons everywhere. And an injury history to your star running back, eh, 
there's a world where Jacksonville all of a sudden figures it out with ETN. Lawrence kind of figures it out. There, there's a path. I don't know that I would bet on them to win the division, but a second place, eh, there's a world, I think. Um, anyway, let's roll on. This is probably going to be the most fun division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AFC West is absolutely loaded, and the odds reflect that. So the Chiefs are plus 175, Chargers plus 220, Broncos plus 260 after they acquired Russell Wilson, and the Raiders at plus 650. And the Raiders had a very active offseason with Devontae Adams. They gave Carr an extension, and they're fourth, and that team is pretty good. So I'm going to go – I actually kind of like where it's at right now. Um I like the Chiefs, I think, more than people, most people. I'm kind of all in. I do think Tyreek getting out of town might actually be a good thing. It sounds like he was begging for the ball an awful lot, so there's a lot of forcing going on. And he's explosive, and I think he's going to do wonderful in Miami. But I kind of, I really like the Chiefs this year, and I can't really explain why. I, the MVS thing scares me. We've witnessed it for his whole career to this point, and oh, not great. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. He's very boomer bust. Uh, Juju rebound. Clyde, now the full workload. Eh, yeah, I like the Chiefs here. Um, so Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders is good for me. What say you? Uh, I'm going to have to disagree here. I think I like the Chargers here. I really like the Chargers. Yeah. Mainly because Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, yep. the defense for them should be stacked. Yeah. And I know we've been saying this about the Chargers for years, and like someone has pointed this out to me, well, I've been saying about the Chargers for years. Well, <laughs> this is the year that they should have everything. I mean, everything stacked. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. I know they have another corner. I can't remember his name, though, honestly. The only – I don't mean to cut you off. The only thing, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen because I really enjoy watching all three of the first three guys you listed play, Mac, Bosa, James, injuries, man. Mm-hmm. Those guys, when have they – I mean, not so much Khalil Mack because he just got traded there. But Bosa and James, I would love to know how many games those two actually played together because I would bet it's probably not a lot, not looking. So that scares me a little bit. But, no, they, you, <coughs> I don't disagree. They could totally be this year's Bengals. They have yeah. more than enough talent. They have way more talent than the Bengals did last year. So yeah, no, I I'm with you. I just I just think veteran coach, obviously best quarterback in the league, or at least top three. You can make that argument. But no, you're absolutely right. San or San Diego. Oh geez. All right, <laughs> I gotta hit myself with it. Well, actually, I, he said it. He said it. Because I always say San Diego, but uh, no. Um, <laughs> Um, the LA Chargers. No, you could totally talk them, talk me into them taking the division. Yeah, and then uh, uh, not even going on to saying what their offense. Obviously, they have Justin Herbert, which I personally think Justin Herbert is the MVP for this next year. I think he is. Ooh. As much as people want to say, I think it's I think it's a close race between him and Josh Allen. Like I, I like I think him and Josh Allen are gonna be neck and neck the whole season. Because I mean, yes, the Chargers have Eckler, but he's a more of a receiving back, really. Like, they don't really utilize him a whole lot as, like, a rushing back, which adds to Herbert's stats, etc. They have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. They got Jalen Guyton. They got all these other guys that can go up and catch the ball. So, I think I think it will be a fun season for them. Oh, for sure. And 
coming to the Lockdown Gambling Show this week. We're going to do the Big Five, obviously, but uh, MVP odds will be discussed. So did Dustin just give his away? Find out on Tuesday at 630. Uh, Anyway, rolling on. Now we are to the NFC. I'm going to kind of blow through this one because I think it's perfect as is. Actually, there's a little bit of debate because all these sports books have them pretty much neck and neck. Uh, Eagles at plus 150, Cowboys at plus 150, uh, Commanders at plus 500, and Giants at plus 800. Um, And actually, I didn't even look that closely. So FanDuel, MGM, and PointsBet all have the Cowboys winning the division, where DraftKings has the Eagles winning the division. For all the reasons I said earlier, I don't know exactly what the Cowboys' plan is because... They're not quite as deep as you would think, especially at the weapons where offense is really where they have shined, although their defense was pretty darn good last year. Um, I really like the Eagles this year, man. I Not that they're undervalued by any means. I just think they're going to be way better than people think. Yeah, I, I'm not – I don't hate that, especially since they just picked up uh, Gardner Johnson from the Saints. Yep. That was a great pickup. I don't know why the Saints let him go. That, that I mean, that to me is kind of ridiculous. But for them to for the Eagles to pick him up, that was a huge addition. Now their secondary is looking good. Their offense has plenty of weapons. I think, like you said, like we talked about earlier, if they can stay healthy, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. No, I, I just there's too many questions with the Cowboys, and you and I both do not trust McCarthy as far as we can throw him, which we can't throw McCarthy because he is. Fat. So, uh <laughs> Uh, but no, I just I don't see a world where Dallas is anything more than nine and eight, and I think the Eagles' ceiling is higher. Uh, we'll go to the North. I think we both kind of know. We just went through their seat, their schedule. Uh, Minnesota, if you want to take a flyer betting wise, Minnesota at plus two sixty or anywhere from two ten to plus plus two ten to plus two sixty. Okay, so, sprinkle a little money on that because I mean, there's a world where Minnesota is just unbelievably good. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's Packers take the division, followed by Vikings, Lions, Bears. Agree. I don't really have a dispute to that. Yeah. Uh, well, quick roll through these last two because we do have some other stuff we got to get to, and we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, NFC South, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, according to DraftKings. It looks like that is the consensus across the board. I'm cool with that. I think Atlanta's going to have a really bad season. I think Baker's going to put some life in Carolina, at least for the first couple months. Uh, but Saints and Bucks, I think, are the class of that division. Bucks obviously are tier one, then Saints tier two, and then the other two can fight for scraps. But no, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think it's actually I think it's a close race between the Saints and Bucks. I really do. Like I said, I don't think the Bucks are going to be what they quite were with losing Gronk, and obviously we can Brady. Not sure if he's 100 percent in it. I think it's close, but I think Bucks just barely take because their defense. Yeah, and yeah, I'm totally fine with that, and I actually. Here earlier in the show, I was talking about how Tampa has all these problems that they're trying to solve behind the scenes. Yeah, maybe it's closer than I think. According to all of these sports books, though, you I mean, you can see it. Bucks are minus 250 to 270, and Saints are plus 300 in a lot of these places. So quite a bit of difference. So Vegas doesn't quite see it the same. Uh, finally, Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks in the NFC West. I kind of like it how they have it. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I am going to say that the 49ers win this division. I'm not. I don't know what we're going to get out of Trey Lance, but I think the Rams have a. 
not that they step backwards because obviously they're the Super Bowl champion, so it's hard to get back to the mountaintop. But I like the Rams to take a step back. I think the Niners are hungry. They've been right there for the last, I don't know, five, six years now. They got Debo all squared away. They got a young quarterback that Shanahan knows how to deal with. He's been doing it for, I mean, how long now? He made Brian Hoyer in Cleveland look amazing. So give me the 49ers to win the division, followed by Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. Hmm. As tempting as it is to pick the 49ers because of everything they have and the potential they have, I don't think it's their year quite yet. I, I think they have the pieces there, but I think Trey Lance is going to need some time to kind of put everything together. I think he's kind of a work in progress where it's going to take some time for him to finally kind of start getting it. Obviously, the Rams have everything right now. Like They have pretty much the same team as last year, minus a couple pieces. Granted, obviously, Von Miller was kind of a hit to them, but they still have a lot of great pieces, so I, I think Rams take it. I think it's close, but I think Rams do. And I, I, we should have mentioned this earlier in the news and notes, but it appears it, nothing's official. But it really, it, it's looking like Odell Beckham's going to go back to the Rams. I think he's using their facilities to work out. I just read a story today that they still have his locker intact from last season. So it's, I think Odell Beckham goes back. So I think that helps them too. There's something about this Niner team, man, and maybe I just have PTSD as a Packer fan is from them just consistently beating us in every fashion. So, yeah. But anyway, so those are division odds. Uh, Dustin, my good man. Oh, let me get this out of the way here. Um, You know what we have not thought about and did not discuss? Um, This year, we have to bring it back because it was a great segment. It is time for this year's debut of... It's time to tempt fate. Hold up! Here's this week's Bag of Chaos. Okay, I'm over in the corner here. You see my hand? <laughs> so, where, where did Dustin go? Things are going off. The, I don't know why you got removed from the stream. Uh, my iPad died. I was oh. I was concerned about that at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> And <laughs> my screen went blue, and I went, oh, I forgot about that. Well, I don't know what kind of wizardry happened over here that my helmets ended up tied up around here. But, uh, all right, you know what? We're going to do it from here. I don't have any of the lines up. Uh, this is a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> you know this, what? This one, this one, this one from, from rough to really bad it's not great and i can't get my helmets out so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna skip it this week maybe you know what we can do we can tie it into the lockdown gambling show so if you want to see this week's bag of chaos tune into the lockdown gambling show uh we'll do it there when we have our stuff together because clearly i kind of forgot about it and then i was like oh yeah it's week one so yeah uh we're gonna keep rolling on with our brand new segment uh, we debuted it a few weeks ago, but now we have imaging for it, and we're going to have fun with this. So we are going <coughs> to the first edition of, or second edition, of In Other News. I got great news, guys. Oh, ah! In Other News. So this is a segment we're going to end most of our shows with instead of Random Packer of the Week, because that was kind of getting stale. Um 
So we're going to go through the whole world of sports, every single sport, or just news in general. Uh, if there's a funny video or TikTok, we're going to share it here. We're going to react live to it. So, Dustin, I have not shown you any of these. So these are going to be all brand new so you can get your live reaction. In the world of baseball, I don't know if you saw this or not, Edwin Diaz, the closer for the New York Mets, he's a reliever. He comes in at the end of games. If you're not a baseball person, it was – and this is going to – this is going to be a better segment if you're watching the live stream than on audio. But um, so he comes out to this song. I don't know the actual name of the song, but the gentleman. Oh, you're muted, Dustin. I believe it's Narcos. I believe that's the name. Okay. So he comes out to this song and everyone goes nuts because all you hear when he's walking in is trumpet, a trumpet playing. And it's incredible. Well, this week they invited Tommy Trumpets himself. Who is the artist? I couldn't remain. I couldn't believe that was his actual God-given name. I mean, not that it's his actual name, but or did I say Tommy Trumpet? I'm sorry. It's Timmy Trumpet. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's just watch the video together, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened when they brought in Timmy Trumpet to City Field. Is where I was going with that. It's just, it's one of the most, it's one of the most incredible things I think I've seen, especially from a closer in baseball where, you know, baseball is quote unquote dying. That video courtesy of SNY. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, man, that gives you goosebumps. I wish I would kill if my Cubs had a guy who would come out to a song like that and everyone lost their mind. Rizzo had a little bit of that with intoxicated. That's a, that song is an absolute banger. Check that one out. I think his name is Martin Selvig or something. That song is awesome. And people will clap along and get excited. There is nothing quite like that. Yeah, it's definitely hard to replicate that. And yeah, imagine coming out to that. That would be chills. Oh, it's so cool. It's it's the coolest thing baseball has done probably since, what, 1880? So, um, speaking of baseball, our next in other news. Uh, last week on the show, when we did another news, we watched a small child, a Detroit Tigers fan. He dropped his hot dog, and he was devastated. Today, the Detroit Tigers posted on social their Twitter account, probably all social media, there was a little bit of a redemption story for the hot dog kid. We're going to play that here. Ladies and gentlemen, on August 14th, as our Tigers played in Chicago, we all watched with empathy as a young fan experienced the all-too-familiar pain of dropping a tasty treat. This indelible incident soon captured the attention of our nation as hot dog lovers everywhere shared in this young man's personal tragedy. So today, on the three-week anniversary of what is now known as the hot dog incident, Please join us in a warm Comerica Park welcome for the boy who continues to be an inspiration to us all each and every day. Four-year-old Matthew Hubler. 
And as a special surprise, we now welcome Paws, who will present Matthew with a hot dog that has been prepared by Comerica Park's finest chefs and dressed just the way Matthew likes it, plain with nothing else on it. Which, that's the biggest thank problem you, I have with this. And thank a you to the plain hot dog is what he was so upset about? If you're four years old, look, when I was four years old, I would basically drink ketchup. You don't have nothing on that hot dog? Hey, you know what, man? It's what he likes, all right? We all got our tastes. We all got our preferences. He likes a plain hot dog. Well, I mean, I mean he's four, so I know that their palate is and you know taste isn't very advanced. But not even ketchup? Also, by me... Really, just pooping on this kid, happy to get his hot dog. Does that mean that I? So I think that does. Make... <laughs> I don't know for sure, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so that was courtesy of the Detroit Tigers on Twitter. In other news, college football started this weekend. Dustin and I put. Uh, well, we had some fun this past weekend, uh, but. The problem is, with all these college games, there's a lot of announcers. Some of them are new. Some of them are rookies. And um, this former rookie of the year, he uh, he was announcing the Michigan game. And, well, I don't really have any other words to describe it. Uh, <laughs> Dustin knows what's coming already. Uh, maybe that's a bad choice of words, which this might be a little... Problematic. Uh, Oh, but, um, here was on this is ESPN. This is a thousand percent real. Here's RG3 calling the Michigan game. Take a look. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> huh? I'm, I'm sorry. One more time. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. Oh, okay. um, come again. <laughs> And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. Uh, one more time. Again, ESPN's owned by Disney. Uh, what was happening in the end zone? And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. Look, man. I, I don't know. I've watched football for a long time. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that. Ever. During football, and that is especially for Disney Airwaves, that is wild. Problematic, like an insane amount. Problematic, that is unbelievable. And you cannot write this stuff. That clip, courtesy of John Boy Media, and obviously of ESPN. I mean, I just like I wonder what he was thinking, like when he said that. Like, what what came to his mind? Like, yes, this is a great choice of vocabulary to use at this moment. Like, yes, this is the perfect word. There are Freudian slips. Sure, <laughs> I'll grant you. But holy moly, that's rough, dude. What? Let's, in other news, let's <laughs> keep rolling on here. Um, this also made me laugh, and this is our last of the day. Uh, UNC, North Carolina, and Appalachian State played one of the most fun college football games last year. Or no, I'm sorry. Wow. Last week. Wow. Again. Jesus. <laughs> Yesterday. 
Yesterday, they played. It was a really fun game. I'm exhausted. I stayed up watching college football last night, so obviously you can tell that I'm losing it a bit. Um, Dustin, I don't know if you've seen this clip. I'm going to play it for you. Look, for you at home, playing football is hard. Take it from Dustin. He plays football. Um, I don't know that I've ever quite seen this. So Appalachian State, 31 seconds left. They're down by one. They just scored. They need the onside kick. Look at watch the top of the screen here. I'm gonna so I'll bring it in now. Watch the top of the screen here. Right here. Or actually, let me do it here. Yeah. So you see my mouse? These guys. Just watch and see what happens. All of them get destroyed. And it's taken to North Carolina's going to the house. We're gonna keep playing this. Not one person stayed on their feet. That is unbelievable. Absolutely everybody got destroyed for, for Appalachian State. Now, it ended up working out in their favor because then they got the ball back and then they scored and then they needed a two-point and they didn't get it. So crazy finish to that game. But wow, dude, that is wild to me. I did see that clip, and yeah, that's that's tough, you know, because I mean it, it makes sense because they weren't really, probably really paying attention to where the players were. They're probably just going for the ball because that's probably what they were taught. You know, it's honestly like, hey, go for the ball, but man, you got to be aware where they are because you know, like they're probably coming to block you because like usually, usually the front guys are supposed to be the blocking guys in the hands team. Like they go and they block, and the guys behind them come and get the ball. That's usually like how that like the onside team hands team works. Well, apparently they didn't know that. They got obviously blindsided. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't know, man. That's one of the craziest things I saw in college football. In college football, there's normally some crazy clips that come out on Twitter, but holy man, that was something. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Um, thank you for watching. Make sure you are subscribing on YouTube. We are trying to up our subscribers to 500 by the end of the year. That is 500. Right now we are at 99. Be the 100th. Be that person. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. We're trying to get to 500 by the end of the year. Obviously, we got a small operation. Nobody knows who we are. You can change that with the click of a button and maybe a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you may get your podcast. Also, subscribe, unsubscribe. Get our numbers up, please, and thank you. I'm asking a lot. I'm aware of that. But, hey, it's the least you can do. We're pumping up content like that. And Robert Griffin saying orgy in the end zone. You're not going to get that anywhere else. So make sure you subscribe to all of our socials. Also, Instagram. Make sure you follow on Instagram. we got a lot of good stuff going on there. So follow there. Um, a bag of chaos we will do uh, during the lockdown show, which actually I know we should probably talk about the soft air, but bag of chaos should probably be a – gambling thing right because you're taking a gamble when you're taking these teams i kind of like it there there's more of us there loser has to what dump a bucket of water on her head and call it a water bet sure sure we'll see that's probably an off-air topic but bag of chaos will be there so anyway thank you for listening follow us on all of our socials uh hoping to maybe get some merch soon so if you're interested reach out to either of us on twitter or facebook or wherever um yeah that'll do it for us Make sure you tune in to the gambling show. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff on there. It's going to be kind of an after dark thing. Uh, there's going to be a little more language, a little more, a little more spice, we'll say. So don't be a lone wolf. Audio jungle.
just some some of what's to come. A little home underdog action. <coughs> we got sound effects, man. We're ready to roll. So make sure you tune into that. That'll be Tuesday at six thirty. But as far as our main podcast, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for watching. I mean, it's here, guys. Week one is here, which means football. 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 Thank you and good night. And as always. Oh, I didn't play. And as always. Oh.